1: So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at
0: DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, the Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the tailgatesociety.com. And subscribe to Tailgate Society Podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods, and I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on?
1: Not a whole lot. I'm really digging the Olympics going on right now. I'm um, not sure if you've seen Team USA for men's basketball has just kind of fallen apart. Um, wow, but- we're
0: starting off on a negative note <laughs> on this one.
1: We're starting off very negative. We're going to talk about basketball, but... Um, like just that's the immediate thing in my mind i'm like oh my god what has happened um but other than that olympics great the us is currently this is it's monday night um they are in second place in terms of gold medals and they're in second place in terms of total medals um japan leads with the most number of gold medals and china leads with the most number of medals overall so you know i'm feeling very proud to be american as i do every couple of years when it's the olympics or the world cup i'm like yes i am american i no longer i'm like mom why didn't i have german citizenship (laughs) (laughs) so it's all good yeah how are things going for you
0: pretty good um we watched a little bit of the usa france game before going to church yesterday morning and yeah that pause is is what I thought that 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 pause just now that's what oh. I thought at the beginning so <laughs> that was intentional no people Ooh. uh no, nah, it wasn't great. I don't know. No one can make shots, no one can make jumpers, and they're like guys like Evan Fournier cook them. It's ridiculous, it's absurd.
1: oh, I saw a quote from uh Patrick Ewing, where he was like, you know back when u s a basketball was the team was the dominant team, you know back in the nineties um at the Olympics he's like oh yeah like all these guys now playing are the ones that they were like looking up to us but like the rest of the world was catching up while we were dominating in basketball and like when you think about it it makes sense that like other countries are like getting better at sports that the U.S. dominated at because it's like oh right like we now have players like Luca or um, Rudy Gobert and you're just like yeah you're right like it's not like basketball is unique to the United States but that's like a complete different deep dive.
0: Well, maybe we can draw. We can use that to draw a parallel to our discussion that we want to talk about right now, which is the NBA Finals. We just see the, or we just saw the Bucks win the the finals four to two. Mm-hmm. Um, won down, oh two. Won four straight games. I think Miami Heat did that in oh six. That's all the one I can think of off the top of my head that that did that. That was the two three two format back then. But, you know, they are led by Giannis, right, who had an an unbelievable series, like an all-time series, really. And, you know, Giannis is from – he's Nigerian um, with Greek nationality. He's a little bit younger than I am. He might be the same age as you, I'm guessing. But, you know, these are people who grew up in the shadow of USA basketball. Like the 92 Olympics – there's certainly a through line from that towards, you know, where we are now. And especially with you, you mentioned someone like Luca who, you know, dominated um, for Slovenia in their game. It's weird. To, I, I don't know if I should say last night or this morning or whatever, cause like the time zone difference, but you know, the international stars like Luca and, you know, when I was growing up, there was, you know, Dirk. And uh, one of my favorite players back in the day was Pedro Stojakovic and, so there was a, you know, there just countless European players, and then you know when I was in middle school, Yao Ming came, and that was a big deal. But a lot of that centered around or originated with the '92 Olympics, and so when you look at a guy like Giannis, who is really unlike any other player I've ever seen, his um, just his style of play and his body type, and he's he's a pretty unique player. But he has he was influenced, you know. Worldwide basketball was influenced by the 92 Olympics. We're not saying anything new when we say that, but uh, watching Giannis in the series, what did you kind of think of his ascent as, you know, this guy who is now, I mean, you, you kind of have to say at this point he's the best player in the league, right? And that's... um Again, that's a product of what, what has happened, you know, coming up on 30 years ago. But, you know, he's he's kind of cemented himself now. What did you think of his final series?
1: I think he played well. I think he um, was very, to sound like, you know, every awful college coach is like, be resilient. But he was like very resilient in the series. And I think he put in the work, not only in like this series, but in the last couple of years where he could have gone somewhere else. Like it's not like Giannis was just good all of a sudden in this series, in this season, like Giannis has been a force with like for the bucks. Like it's not, it's not a new thing. And so he could have easily been like, why i been like, yeah, I'm going to go to a different team um, and try to win a championship there. But he stayed in Milwaukee, like good for him. Um, and you put in the work and you can see it in the way he like his style of play. And like, you've mentioned it, I think last week or the week before where he just like, he's had like good assists and he's just like a strong player all around. It's not like he's just always like, Oh, like it's just me, 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 um, shooting and making sure that he's the one that is like putting up the points. He did put up points in the, in the series, but um, he also, was there giving assists and playing defense and like doing his part all around.
0: Yeah. Everything stems from him. Uh, And his, to your point, and again, we talked about this a little bit last week, but his scoring prowess is, I, I honestly don't think he gets enough credit for how skilled he is. And there's that infamous clip with Harden talking about like, Oh, I wish I could just run and dunk every play. Like that doesn't require any skill, which was like really idiotic. And so it was funny that Giannis's team beat Harden's team in the, in the playoffs, but he's, you know, a gifted finisher. He's got, he's got more touch around the rim that he's given credit for. Um, He's got some really good post moves, but yeah, his, his ability to move the ball, I think really elevated Milwaukee uh, and, and helped them win a lot. And, even when his teammates weren't going, there were a, a couple nights where his teammates would just could not get going, but he kind of willed them over the finish line. And in order to do that, it has to be deeper. Your game has to be deeper than just your offensive, um, you know, your offensive skill around the basket. Like you also have to be someone who, who moves the ball effectively, who can draw defenders. He did a lot of, a, a lot of good work, like drawing defenders and then kicking out just making the right decision, like basically every single time. And it was really amazing to watch. Um, I think that Middleton played really well in the series. Again, he was a little bit up and down, but overall he, he, he really helped. And I I wanted to pose this question to you. I didn't write this in the outline, but I I wanted to pose this to you because did you see a little bit about people saying like, well, Middleton should get consideration for MVP of the series. Did you see any of that chatter online?
1: I saw a little bit of that chatter and I was like, um, no, right. <laughs> not that like Middleton wasn't doing well, but I was like, no, no, that that's not it. That's not the take.
0: So let me, let me ask you this then. Cause my question is, so I think it was like Spencer Dinwiddie just said that. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, CJ McCollum, two NBA players were kind of talking about that. I think that, and I know a couple of friends of mine think this too. There's a little bit of like an international bias within NBA players. I feel like there's some like the American-born NBA players kind of sometimes are hesitant to give the amount of praise due to some of these newer international stars. And I saw those tweets and um I won't even talk about fans, cause like I don't know. If you're NBA social media is basically like building up the players you like and tearing down the players you don't like, which is dumb because every player has positives and negatives, even the, the top of the top. Yep. But do you feel like there's a little bit of a, 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 a bias or like, a, you know, a low key, like sneak dissing from, you know, or just like not allowing the international players to get the, the type of respect they deserve. What do you think about that?
1: I do think that I think that they are are kind of allowed to be only so loved is not the right word, but like praised. Where like you know that they're good players. There have been good international players for years, right? Like Dirk, um, uh, Gasol. Like you have players that are good that are international playing in the NBA. But now, I I think there's like, and this is definitely like my perception because I now can spend more time watching NBA, and also I watch more than I was in a kid when I was a kid, and so I'm like, yeah, people, there's definitely a difference in how people talk about international players. So you have like Luca, where everyone likes Luca, but like they're very ready to be like, well, Luca didn't do this well, or Jokic people love to just like tear apart Nikola Jokic where they're like, man, he like, he looks overweight or he runs slow. And I'm like, he like is putting up numbers. Like I don't understand like this cognitive dissonance where we measure everything in numbers and like, he proves it with the numbers, but then we're like, yeah, but like, is he actually that good? Like what? That makes no sense. Um, So I think that it's not like an intentional thing because they're, international i don't think that that would be the thing because like jamal murray i don't think people are super critical of him but he's also from canada which is like america light with <laughs> free health care like you know it's apples and it's various type of apples america and canada and so i think when it comes to comparing like american slash canadian players to uh eastern european players or even european players in general it then becomes kind of like a little bit different because it's like well it's not like they grew up here what we like perceive to be as the the place of basketball where we're like well you can only be like the best if you are from the u.s and it's like well no like Giannis is very good and he on paper is the american dream when it comes to like the immigrants he, you know, he came here when he like started playing for the Bucks. He didn't have anything. Um, and so he's had this success. And I think, I don't know if people are uncomfortable with it or if they're just like, they just don't see it because they didn't see him playing AAU basketball. Like maybe it's less about, oh, he's from Greece, but more where he's like the are like, well, he didn't. He didn't go through the path that we quote unquote believe is like the path to becoming like this superstar basketball player.
0: I think you hit on, on several points there that are are pretty like prescient. First of all, i your, what you just said, I think is linked to what you said earlier. So the, what we envision a top NBA player to be, I think that Giannis in some ways like doesn't fit that mold. So when you talk about like, something like him coming up through the AAU ranks and that type of thing, like he didn't have that. Right. So that international aspect to him, I think pushes back against some of the stuff that we're, that NBA fans are sort of predisposed to understanding about a a, a great player's rise in the same way, going back to what you said earlier, I think it's his style of play. And there's a lot of the, top guys this is another uh topic of discussion online and really i need to just like not pay attention to these twitter nba discussions because they're really just dumb <laughs> and pointless
1: it's true it's and so they just true. make me
0: mad like it's they're so they're so stupid but there's this thing where it's like he doesn't have a bag right he doesn't have which is stupid because he's not a guard he's a f- power forward slash center like he's a big so there's this school of thought where it's like if a guy isn't, doesn't play like Kyrie or Kobe or Jordan or whatever where it's you know between the legs dribble inside out dribble behind the back step back pump fake and then shoot like if a player doesn't play like that then they're limited in terms of how good they are which is just really like like asinine like stupid like whatever words you want to use to describe that, that train of thought is just really like dumb because there's more to basketball than like this, than a, a crossover, right? Like, there's, there's so yeah. much more to the game. There's so much more to being good at the game than playing like Iverson did. And that's not to hate on Iverson or any of the players that I've mentioned before, because they're all all-time guys. But, you know, Giannis impacts winning at a high level. You just saw that. Like, it's, it's undeniable how he impacts a game. Like, that's just, you can't, if you watch the game, you can't deny his impact on winning. And so, because he wasn't an AAU kid, or because he doesn't, you know, do a crossover every time, or he's not overly reliant on his handle. He has a good handle, certainly for his size. But, like, since he's not a six-six guard or whatever, he's diminished in some ways. I think just from his style, which is kind of not the same aesthetically as a, as a Harden or whoever you want to name off. I've listed like 15 players, but like it's just really dumb to me because he is he's undeniably the focal point of the team. And so like that's where the Chris Middleton comes in, right? Chris Middleton is a guy who is like, let me he does a couple turnarounds or he does, you know, he gets to the block and he'll do a step back jumper. So like Middleton plays a style that's like more aesthetically not even pleasing I'll say, but like just more aesthetically familiar and guys will be like, well, he's really the best player. It's like, no, he's not. He's not like he can hit 15 footers more consistently than Giannis. Certainly. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's the better player. That doesn't mean he's the most important player. That doesn't mean that he's impacting winning on the same level as Giannis. So a lot of these conversations are just incredibly stupid to me.
1: I, I agree with that. Um, I I fully agree with that, where I don't, I do understand why people want to make that differentiation where they want to be like, oh, well, like, it's, they're two different players, like, they're different players, but, like, obviously, Giannis, to your point, makes a huge impact um, when he's on the court, and he was impactful during the playoffs, and Chris Middleton was, but it's not the same like it'd be like saying that whoever LeBron James who take your pick of whoever the supporting cast is where you're like, well, don't they deserve the MVP over like LeBron James? Like no, LeBron James cha- changes the game for the team. Giannis does that for the bucks, but we're like less willing to accept it. I, I maybe cause it's still, pre- he's still pretty young. I think he's like 26 years old. Like, he is oh, he's twenty-seven. And so he or he'll be twenty-seven this year. And so I I don't know if he needs to get to that place of being LeBron, but I feel like since LeBron went into the league, it's been like, oh, everything is about him, and he is a game changer. And like Giannis also has been that for the Bucks. Um, he just doesn't have that history. To back what he's producing.
0: Well, he's writing his own story in a lot of ways, right? Exactly. Like it's 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 kind of um, even from other international stars. His story is a little bit unique. Um, I think of a guy like Dirk. When Dirk got drafted, he was like really highly regarded. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Luca, to a, a lesser extent, but like I, I parallel. Dirk and Luca a lot, and that's just because they both play on the Mavs, but like Dirk was just a really highly regarded prospect from Germany. And, um, you know, it's never a sure thing. It's never a sure thing with any player, but especially I think international players come under a bit more scrutiny because, you know, you're not seeing their games as much or the level of competition you might question versus someone who's coming from like, high level college american college competition i don't know but the international players get more scrutinized and but at the same time like it's still you know luca was the mvp in um uh in the spanish league i think it was or whatever he whatever high level european league he was in when he was like 15 or 16 or something like that so you knew at least on some level that they were um, they could play, you know, you don't know if they're going to be all. star. I think people probably thought Dirk would be an all-star, but like, you know, he's going to go down as one of the best players ever. Yeah. Luca is on a, a, on a similar trajectory, I would say, but with Giannis, like, I think Giannis was even more of an unknown. Like you, you see the body type, right? You see the tall, lanky, athletic, but you still like Giannis was a hundred percent less of an unknown than like a Dirk or a, um, or Luca so he's he you know he's just writing his own story and i found that I'll, i I want to get your thoughts on this before we move on cuz i want to talk about the suns a little bit too but like i found that when when the nba narrative doesn't fit what people are expecting they kind there's like a backlash to that like it's not the same as like other sports and the prime example i'll use is the 2015 warriors that team came out of nowhere and it's you know retroactively we act like people anticipated that team to win the title that year. They didn't like the Cavs were, that was the first year that Bron went back to Cleveland. Overwhelmingly, the Cavs were the favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people picked the Warriors to get out of the West, but the 2015 Warriors, you know, they won like 60, however many games. And, you know, they were, I think they were down 2 one to Memphis at one point and they come back and win the series. They beat, they beat the uh, an all NBA player in each round that year in the playoffs. They beat Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. They beat the um, Harden and Dwight uh, Rockets in the in the West Finals. They end up beating the Cavs in the Finals. Like there was, you know, that was that was the feel good story, I guess, to a to a point. But then the next year, um. It's it's not it, it wasn't what they expected. And so it starts to get a little bit crazy. They go on a long winning streak to open the season, and then within a year and a half, they're like the villains cause they had Durant. But like no one when when it doesn't fit the narrative, people get a little testy. It's, I, and I would say like NBA like diehards, especially. Cause, you know, the Cavs are supposed to win, and then here comes Steph Curry and this and this team that no one anticipates. And then the narrative gets changed and it's like, well, wait a minute, what's going on. And so I, I see a little bit of that with Giannis where Giannis kind of, uh, and I, with, with Steph and the, in those warriors, I think that Steph leapfrogged a bunch of guys that people placed ahead of him. I'm thinking of like a Chris Paul or, or Westbrook or, you know, these other point guards that are considered bigger in the hierarchy. And then all of a sudden Steph wins MVP and then the warriors win the finals. And it kind of throws everything off. And I think I, something kind of similar with Giannis is happening, where he, it might take him a while to get his the the due that he's deserved.
1: I agree with a lot of what you just said. Like, I agree that when it doesn't fit the narrative, people are pissed. NBA people specifically. I think people outside of the NBA, like outside of people who like don't really follow the NBA, they're just like, whatever, that's cool. Um, so, like, I agree with that. And, like, yes, in 2015, like, the Warriors did surprise everyone. But if people had been watching the Warriors and, like, kind of paying attention over, like, the couple of years leading up to that, like, you could see that they were were ramping up to be something great. Like, you see that in teams all the time, right? There are plenty of teams. I'm going to use my beloved Denver Nuggets as an example where they, like, have had lots of opportunities to, like, be that great team. They just can't get over the hump. And, like, the Warriors starting in like 20, the 2011 or the 2012, 2013 season, they're like, they're really fun to watch. You see a lot happening. And then like in 2015, they go on and win the playoffs. And so I think the story of Giannis is similar where, again, it's to your point, it doesn't fit the narrative of what NBA fans think should be happening because like he has been, doing well with the Bucks for the last couple of years. Like anyone who's been watching, they're like, oh, right. Like Giannis has kind of like elevated the Bucks. Now they're like way more elevated. And like, if you want to get into like the numerical value of it through like viewership. So like the NBA finals this year were not like the most highly viewed because it was two teams that – I don't truly believe this, but people quote unquote don't care about, right? Like you have the Bucks from Milwaukee, you have the Phoenix Suns. And so it's like two different markets that like are not as far reaching nationally, which like fair, like that makes sense. You would not expect to find a Phoenix Sun fan in Boston, Massachusetts. Like that makes like zero sense. And yet we find Lakers fans from california to the east coast like they're all sprinkled out and throughout there and so then like of course people are like yeah well i hope that this team wins and so that's where again that that narrative where it's like okay well we know the lakers we know lebron we know anthony davis and then when the warriors kind of like you know 2015 they they did really well and then they like started the next season they had such a strong start and they you know just kept winning and then like people started to notice them they're like yeah i can like kind of get behind them, but also, like, they've beaten my team. But, like, there were still those bandwagon fans, and people knew who they were now nationally. And, like, of course there are people who follow the NBA and they, like, know who the teams are, but they don't necessarily follow closely. Like, there are plenty of teams that I'm like, I really don't care what's happening with this team. The Charlotte Hornets, top of that list, I think. Um, The Washington Wizards, another another team i'm like you know i don't know i don't know how they're doing i'd go <laughs> watch a game i would my dad like he gets tickets he gets season tickets and he's like oh, i only get the tickets to go watch the teams they're playing like there are teams like that where you're just like whatever so if the wizards all of a sudden were like amazing which like good for them that would also shock people that would like not be the narrative they expected and so it would be like wait what's happening and people would not care immediately and then they would do the hate caring, <laughs> where they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch because like I hate this team so much and I, I want to watch them fail. And then eventually they become bandwagon fans. It's the circle of life.
0: It's so true. That's so true. And especially to your point about the hate watching because, you know, winning draws people. Winning draws yeah. eyeballs. If you yep. love them, if you hate them, if you're rooting for them to break a record, if you're looking for them to fall flat on their ass – you're going to be watching. So I, I with the Bucks, I think that, you know, you have this combination of like this, you know, charismatic star in um, Giannis who is, uh, you know, just kind of has the goofy personality. Um, he's uh, just really bright and um, seems really personable, that type of thing. So you combine that with you know they've taken a couple of high-profile losses in the playoffs before this year, right? So you're like, it's combining the star power of Giannis with also being like, well, are they gonna? Are they finally gonna break through or not? Are they finally gonna do it? Where they got to the final conference finals last year against Miami and kind of implode, right? Or I, it wasn't even the conference final; might have even been the semifinals. I can't remember, but they had high expectations. They lost. So now we're watching, can they get over the hump? Can they do it? And they do it. So, you know, it's a credit to them and uh, a credit to Giannis for continuing to elevate his game and not just kind of plateauing after last year, but, like, kind of sticking with it. It It's really dope. I want to get your thoughts on the Suns, I guess. Um, Went on a run, beat the defending champs in the first round. Um, You know, Anthony Davis was hurt, but they still they really took it to the Lakers. A lot of people did not have um, Phoenix winning that series. So they put in a lot of work in the playoffs to impress a lot of people impressed me. What did you think of the, of the sun's run?
1: Ooh, so I'm going to be honest, the beginning of their run, cause they were doing all right um, mm-hmm. in regular season play. And so I was like, okay, well it's good to see um, they did really well in the bubble last year, but like, it just didn't work out that they would even like stay in the bubble, but they were, they were putting in the work. They were looking impressive. They went home. Um, but like people, you were ready to root for them after seeing them play in the bubble last year. And I was like, I was one of those people where I'm like, you know what? I'm happy to see a like Western conference team do well. Like, obviously I want the nuggets to do the best of the Western conference teams, but like, I I'm I'm happy to see a team out of the West do well except the Lakers. I don't have I don't have time for that. Um and so I I was like I was happy that they won. I'm also like skeptical because Anthony Davis was out and and playing like an injured team and the the injuries in the NBA this year especially in the playoffs were like absurd. And so I take a lot of the wins with like a grain of salt where it's like pretty much every player or every team had a player out like a, a key player out because of an injury. And so it was, I mean, I saw all the jokes that are like, Oh, it's not even going to be about like the best team that wins. It'll be the healthiest team that wins. And, and that was fair, especially coming out of the West. And so, you know, the, the Suns while coming out of it, I It didn't sit right with my soul after they played the Nuggets. Um, probably shocking no one who has ever talked to me about the NBA. I'm like, uh, I just want to see the Nuggets succeed. And one, I was pissed that my team got kicked out. Two, I was kind of unhappy with like their response as an organization. So uh, there's an altercation between a Suns fan and a Nuggets fan. And then like the Suns are like, well, we don't condone behavior like that. And then they sent this guy a signed Jersey and I'm like, Nope, your fan punched the Nuggets fan at the game. Like, no, no, that's not like, that's a bad precedent. That's poor form. My guy. So then I was like, I hope the Suns just like get worked in the final. Um, once they made it there, I was like, yeah, I hope they just like, I hope they get worked. Um, Of course, I was cheering for them when they played the Clippers after they beat the Nuggets. I was like, oh, I I like Kawhi. Um, I think he is a fun player. Um, I'm not, like, attached to what he does because he hasn't been part of, like, my franchise. So I'm like, I don't care. Go where the money is. Live your life. You're fun to watch. And, I mean, that is good for a lot of players. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be, like, a Giannis or a Luka where... People are just going to be like, yeah, I don't really care if you like sell out for a bag. <laughs> um, I think people will be more critical again, going back to people are already critical of these uh, non-American players. And so. What ho- was hoping the Clippers could pull that one out? And then as soon as the Suns were in the finals, I'm like, well, I like the Bucs. I like Giannis. Um, I think that's a good story. I think that that would be more fun. I was a little worried when the Suns took the first two wins because mm-hmm. um, I'm like, there's no way that they're actually the better team. They're a good team. Like, I'm not saying that the Suns aren't a good team. I'm saying they were not as challenged as they could have been. But going back to, like, the Clippers. So quite didn't even play because he was injured. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm excited. I want to see. But, like, that was my hope that he'd be back to play later. Like, it didn't even matter because he didn't play in um, – the Western Conference final. And so it it really was like, well, I don't care about Paul George, but I'm hoping the Clippers can just pull it out. Um and with that being said, so the Suns were not challenged. They're still a good team. They were not like fully challenged because they didn't have to play against Anthony Davis, Jamal Murray, or Kawhi Leonard.
0: Yeah, it was a tough year for injuries, like you said. Um, injuries happen in, in, the, in the league and in the playoffs every year. But this year, it was just kind of like over the top. And a lot of people feel like it's you know, the compressed schedule and um, trying to fit in this year, trying to squeeze this year in and trying to get back. And even it's going to happen even in the next year because next year, they're going to try to get back onto like the regular schedule but that's still starting like we're this is it's july 20 whatever that the finals ended and that's still a month later than quote-unquote normal so they're going to start to they're going to try to get back on the regular schedule which starts like around halloween so that's still only a couple months of off season for the teams that went deep into the playoffs i don't know i think that um Phoenix would have been a lot easier for me to root for if Chris Paul wasn't on the team. Now it's time for me to get honest. (laughs) Because I hate Chris Paul. He's one of my favorite NBA players. He's horrible. He's a dirty player. He's been punching guys in the nuts since college. Um, I don't know how anyone roots for that guy because he sucks. Um, Great with HBCU gear. I'll give him that. Always shouts out HBCUs. I'll give him that. But other than that, he sucks. So... I don't know. I like Booker. I like um, Aiton. I think Ayton, A lot of people were quick to dismiss him as uh, as underachieving as the number one overall pick, but he's really a very nice player. Nice player. I sound like my dad. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, i i i would I wouldn't mind the team. I agree with what you're talking about with the with the franchise handling the fans, though. Those fans looked weird. Like, did you ever see like in the playoffs? I'm sure you saw it, but like. In the finals, especially, like when they were in Phoenix, and they would zoom in on the fans, the fans just looked a little like Fratty. I don't know. Did you get that vibe? I kind of caught that vibe from the from the Phoenix fans. That was weird to me.
1: I think Arizona people look that way.
0: Okay, maybe that's it.
1: Um, I've not spent time in Arizona, but I think that's I think that's them. I think that's how they are. Um, because I feel like. People are very pale for a state where it used right? to be part of Mexico. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's just like, oh, man. Um, and that being said, the only people I've ever met from Arizona, like white people, not Southern white people, but like Arizona no. white people. Right, right, so, right. Like it's Brock Purdy. Su-
0: Shout out Brock Purdy. Arizona
1: yeah, yeah, people. exactly like that. Where it's just like, oh. I thought there'd be more diversity, but I was wrong. (laughs) Pretty crazy. Yeah. But just
0: looking at the crowd, I was just like, what is going on? This is, yeah, I don't know. Weird vibes. Weird frat. Yes. Arizona white people vibes.
1: Yeah. I mean, like Arizona State, the University of Arizona, like very fratty Pac-12 schools. And Mm -hmm. I like even like Aiton played at the University of Arizona. Yeah. 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 It's it's just not, it's like Arizona's its own vibe within like the Southwest and then like the PAC 12. It, I like, I applied to Arizona state, but it was just like too big. Also it's like, I think it's kind of like the Penn state of the PAC 12, both Arizona state and the university of Arizona. And then like, that's just the vibe of the state of Arizona It is somehow party wise. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like a party place. So it ends up being like a Florida. It's like the Florida of the West.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I could see that though. Just the vibe I got from the fans and um, I have a friend actually who just started a friend of mine in my cohort who just took a job at Arizona state. Shout out to Taylor um, working in uh, student services down there at Arizona state. Huge school, like you said, yeah, definitely a big party school. So maybe you know, I'm sure there's a lot of Arizona State people in those in those Phoenix Suns crowd. Um, I do like Monty Williams, their coach. Uh, this is a guy who went through a lot of tragedy um, in his personal life, losing his wife, and um, he's such an inspirational figure to me. You can tell that the players love playing for him. He's really highly respected um, in co- coaching circles. So, um. I want to see him. It's tough. I want to see him be successful, but I don't want to see Chris Paul be successful. So it's tough. It's a it's a it's a tough marriage there. But um, yeah. Shout out to Monty Williams. Uh, just a really really great person. Um, from the outside looking in, at least. Um, what what do you what do you think happens next year for both of these teams? Before we kind of talk about. Maybe next year, NBA in general. But like, what do you what do you expect to see from the Bucks? What are you expecting to see from Phoenix?
1: Um, from Phoenix, I'm expecting Booker to really. Um, I think he's gonna have a good season. I think he and Aiton are both gonna have good seasons. They're both young players, um, and Booker was doing well. I mean, like when they again when they were in the bubble, which was a year ago, and I know that the bubble was like a weird time, but Phoenix was thriving, and so I think he's gonna he should feel very confident going into this. And so he can like kind of help lead the team. And I mean, Chris Paul is there and people like him. You don't. And it's a fair reason why you don't. Um,
0: I do not. Let's state it for the record one more time. (laughs) I do not.
1: I mean, it's been two podcasts now and I feel like it should come (laughs) up on other ones where you're like, Oh my God, Chris Paul." We'll we'll Um, be talking
0: about star Wars and be like, yo, so Chris Paul is, Exactly,
1: and and like it's worth like we all have that player, and um, and so I don't know if he because he's already kind of a villain in the NBA. Um, I I think that it's going to be really like Booker and Aiton, and like they're all because they're young and they're like. Hmm still likable for the most part except for dev uh Devin booker dating one of the kardashians like that is like not great that's very bad pr uh for him his life might fall apart um as history has shown that nba players that date kardashians their careers tend to fall apart but like you know if that's his prerogative who am i to judge um Though I do think they will have a, they'll have a pretty strong season. I think they'll do well in the Western Conference again. I also think that they'll be more challenged because people won't be injured. Not, I mean, like I don't think LeBron is going to leave LA. I don't think. I think he's going to have like this very put together team. I think the Lakers are going to be super dominant, but I'll go to that at another point. And so I think the the Suns will be challenged, but they're going to do pretty well. They're not going to be the bottom of the conference. The Bucks. I could see them kind of suffering that they, they did really well. I mean, they won, (laughs) they won the championship. And then they kind of like crap out a little bit next season. Like they're still like a competitive team, but they're not the top of the Eastern conference and they're not the bottom. I I can see that happening. And like, um, you know, Giannis being like a very much a leader for the team but still having those really strong supporting players like Middleton.
0: Well, it's tough when you kind of like what we said earlier, when you finally break through, I think it's tough to like sustain that. Like I think about the Bulls, right? Like the Bulls kept pushing and kept pushing, like they, you know, losing to the Celtics and then losing to the Pistons. And then finally in 91, they break through against the Lakers. You know, you have someone like Jordan, who had like the single mindedness to be like, we have to keep winning, we have to keep winning. I just feel like that's rare after having suffered such tough defeats in the playoffs. Yeah. Um to 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 sustain that, and I don't know. Like I I kind of agree with you. Where it's like the Bucks, like they've had a couple of tough playoff years in a row, and is this the, their year? Is this the year that you know Giannis finally? claims the one of the top spots in the league and it doesn't happen for him. So now it has happened for him, but now it's like, can you maintain the hunger? Can you, can you keep, can you keep at it and can you stay on top? Um, who are you going to add? Are you going to add a piece? Are you going to, is someone going to get traded or are you going to address things to the draft? Like, how are you going to improve the team? Right. Cause you don't want to, yeah. you know, to your point, you know, if everyone's healthy, and again, no one's ever health no no team is ever completely healthy in the playoffs. like that's extremely rare. But if some teams are a little bit healthier, maybe the bucks don't win, right? So you know, maybe yeah. if Brooklyn has all their pieces at once, maybe they win, or you know who who knows they were close either way, but you know you you, you got to take advantage of it when you can. the Bucks did, so now the challenge is you've finally broken through. You finally got the monkey on your back. Can you stay – can you maintain your edge so that you can keep, um, keep winning titles? And I think I agree with you. I think it might be tough for them. I don't know if they'll be able to do that or
1: not. I'd like to see it. But I think that there are a lot of competitive teams out of the East – um, I think Philly might come back and look really good, to your point. The Nets come back healthy, or yeah, they they come back and they look healthy. Um, they have a good team. I don't know. I'm very skeptical of them. I was skeptical when they were playing. I'm like, how are you making this happen? Like, they didn't have a healthy... Like, their starting lineup changed so much throughout the season that, like, I... It's unbelievable, so I'm just like,, eh, I don't know, they could be great, or they could kind of catch what whatever was happening this season where they like were very lucky in their success, but um we'll see um I could see like Miami doing pretty well, and so the Bucs are definitely going to have competition before they even make it to the final if they like make it through the playoffs next season
0: so that makes me think i gotta ask you i guess like broad long term not long term but i guess like 2021 2022 you got jamal back you know you you're you're hoping monte takes that next like leap to be like one of the best backup pgs in the league yeah you got Jokic. you know coming off an mvp season what are your expectations for denver
1: unrealistic and kind of fake because I realize no matter what my take at the beginning of every season is the nuggets are going to do well, unless they are obviously terrible. Mm -hmm. If they were like, obviously bad, I'd be like, they're not going to do it. But like the last couple of years, I'm like, no, they're going to make it. They're going to do it. Um, And so I think that having a full and healthy roster, I'll be like, yeah, they're going to do great this year. Now, is that like blind confidence? Absolutely. I have no reason to believe that the Denver Nuggets are going to make it to the final. Um, I think that they could. I think it'll be challenging. Like, I don't know if it'll be because they are on paper the more talented team. But I could see them putting in the work and it'd be very close games. Like, they're not going to sweep a lot of teams um, to get to the final. Um, but, I like, I could see it. I could see them having a good season. Like, they keep having very strong seasons. They make it to the playoffs. And they do pretty well in the playoffs. And so if they can just stay healthy, um, I could see them going pretty far. Maybe even the conference final. Like, I could see that. Um, but that's assuming that the Lakers don't somehow get another excellent player which I think they will like I think that's I think players that were in the final or in the playoffs this year and they're like I just want a ring they are going to be looking to going to the Lakers they're going to be like a super team I mean they already kind of are Uh -uh. so I think that's what's going to happen and then of course that's not gonna happen for Denver. Like they're not going to beat a super team. Like they have talented players, they're a young team, they look good. LeBron James is the best player. Like, you're not gonna beat the best player, and then the best player's like supporting cast that he puts together himself. Um, I just don't see it. Um, but maybe it won't happen. Like maybe the Lakers do just stay as like they kind of just sit in a holding pattern and they stay as is. And then yes, the Nuggets do have a chance because the Warriors should have Clay and Steph. I don't think they're about to, like, sh- do as well as they did five years ago, five or sure, six years ago again. Sure, yeah. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. They're older. It's mm-hmm. And people know what to expect with them. Like, they know that Steph can hit a three from way out. Like, I think people are a little more prepared for it. Teams are prepared. They know what to do. Um, and so... That those those are kind of the major teams. And then again, the Suns, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be a strong team. They will they'll be young. They'll be kinda of like the Nuggets like two years ago where they were a young team, they have the talent, maybe even just like oh yeah, right before the the pandemic year, where it's just like they're good and they could make it. I think they can make it again. Um it would take the I think it would take a lot more work because they would be hopefully battling teams that are Fully healthy, um, so the West, no matter what, is looking a little um, stacked. Like the the Trailblazers are pretty good. Like Damian Lillard does a nice job leading that team. The Utah Jazz, they do well. Like it's it's not again, once the Lakers become like this super team, that'll change things. But for now, where you have all these pretty good teams in both, like both conferences, it's competitive for whoever makes it to the final. And I know you're a Sacramento Kings fan. What do you, do you feel like they're going to. Man,
0: Uh, (laughs) I can't even get into what they need. They need, um, an active prayer life. I would say is what they need. Uh, you know they they drafted Halliburton, who who came on before he got hurt at the end of the year. You know I have to shout him out. I shouted out Monte on the Nuggets, so I got to shout out Halliburton, who um, was close to the the Rookie of the Year type talk um, from Iowa State. Incredibly talented player, built around him. He's he I'll I'm I know I'm biased, but like. He is the player you build around. You don't build around De'Aaron Fox. You build around Tyrese Halliburton. Their front office is pretty incompetent. And so I don't really have any hope until the leadership changes, until the leadership structure changes. Um, wholesale, they need complete um, top-to-bottom changes um, in the leadership of the organization before anything improves that's just like i mean that's just facts like it's it's not, if the current leadership is still there like as far as success goes it's a non-starter like it's not going to happen i've been watching this for you know in some shape or form for over a decade um with this with this current structure and you know i was in middle school when i became a fan of theirs and they were cheated out of a finals appearance by tim donaghy um, in O two, but uh, those days are long gone that's almost 20 years ago now like that's depressing to think about but it's just like the it's it's a, it's a leadership problem they fumbled too many draft picks they've had too many horrible trades they've taken on too many horrible contracts from players who weren't worth it so I don't it, it's not you have a bright spot in Halliburton but it's the glimmer of, of, of light is, is, is shrinking. So you need to, you know, I can't even talk about my prospects for them without saying that the leadership has to change before any type of success occurs, in my opinion. Other than that, they're great though. Other than than that, they're fantastic. Oh, good.
1: Okay. So, so with that, Going into next season, who do you see being, like, the dominant teams out of um, either conference?
0: I think that Milwaukee will do good in the regular season. Not as good as they, as they were um, this year. But, like, they'll, I think they'll perform well. And then, you know, like we said earlier, might, might falter a little bit in the playoffs. You know, if, if, if Brooklyn is healthy, like, they're the team, in my opinion. They have too much, like, top-end talent to not be successful. So if they're healthy, they'll, they'll, they're the team um their flaws are such where they can just they can overcome their flaws with firepower so i don't know and if they all stay out of their feelings enough hopefully things will be okay for them um because you got some you got some personalities on that squad but to me it's it's they would be the team to beat they have the most talent and if they're healthy, I think that they're a team to beat. But that's an issue too, because all three of those guys have had major health issues the past five years. Um, Kyrie, Durant, and Harden have all had missed extended time for the past few years. So it's it's legitimate to be like to not bet on them because of you know one or two of them are probably going to be hurt at any given time.
1: But, again, they made it work. Yeah. They've made it work th- this season. It was like Emily and I talked about it. We were just like, it's amazing that they have changed their starting lineup so much, mm-hmm. like, to accommodate for that. So maybe they really they have no injuries next season, and then they really do become this really incredible team out of the East
0: it's their it's their secondary guys that have to step up i think the you know bruce browns and the you know joe harris was just a huge flameout in the playoffs or in that series against the bucks at least like he just disappeared and he was a guy who was you know an elite shooter in the regular season and he just like he imploded so those are the, the guys who are going to get open shot after open shot because of the attention at the top three draw, like you have to take advantage of that. If you're not taking advantage of that, then and then one or two guys is hurt, then you're vulnerable. So who knows? Who knows what'll happen. Any other like general thoughts on the on the NBA coming up to this season coming up, the draft or anything before we before we head off?
1: No, I don't like I one, I really hate any of the drafts. Not I understand <laughs> So I do understand it's a big moment for the players. So I love that for them because of that. It's like a life-changing thing. It's their career. I do appreciate that. The draft is full of so much pageantry. I just like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And a lot of players don't necessarily like start playing. Or if I was like, oh yeah, a player from the University of Wyoming, LOL. They were not great in the last couple of years. Um, One player did get drafted. He went to the Sacramento Kings, but... um, the drafted, like I don't even try to think too much about it Mm -hmm. because so much can happen. Um, that it's just kind of a, I think it is just kind of the pageantry of like, Oh, we're doing this, but like everything else can change about it after this, because what are rules? So, um, I think that we, we should be having, this will be like a pretty normal NBA season. Like I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm hoping that players can get more rest so that we don't, like yeah, injuries are bad because then your team doesn't win. Injuries yeah. are bad because like it's bad for the individual. It, yeah. it, like it's not good for them. So, um, I'm hoping to see that, and hopefully, like hoping to see the games managed a little bit better, um, and then for the um, what is it like the load management for players? Like I have a friend who we've talked about it where they're like, well, imagine you pay so much money to go see the Lakers, but like all of like the key players are like, well, I don't want, like I'm, I'm resting. Like, no, I, I just paid $300 for tickets to sit in the nosebleeds to watch this person play. Um, I I think they're going to have to do something about that because like, (sighs) it's a tough line to navigate. So I hope that it's like navigated thoughtfully because no, I don't want like a player to be playing like every other day and like getting injured. But also I understand from like a fan perspective, fans are going to see certain players and it is a business. And fortunately the players are being paid and have insurance and like have all these things. So it, that'll be kind of the, the non-game conversation I'll be interested in following is like going with that like load management going into the next season what about you
0: yeah you know you're balancing like the long term viability success of the franchise with you know the day-to-day game-to-game grind of it and you know those decisions are interesting I you know i I've I don't know. I, I, I hold two thoughts about it. I hold like, if you're healthy, you should be playing, but at the same time, like I understand, like wanting to make sure your players are in peak condition for when it counts the most. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, um, as far as this upcoming year, I'm kind of the same way about the draft. I follow it a little bit, but like, I just, I'm not too deep into it. I enjoy watching it, but I don't like spend a lot of time outside, uh, outside of that like looking up players and stuff like that like i you know i know who people who play in the big 12 and what they look like but beyond that that's about it um it should be interesting i'm very interested to see how the season goes um i'm i'm very interested to see how they try to get back into the regular 82 game season of everything after the last two seasons have been thrown into such upheaval. I'm very, very curious to see what this quote unquote normal season coming up looks like. I'm I'm very fascinated by that. Like the logistics of it, just like everything.
1: Same. Because I, I feel like we're we're headed that way. It's not looking like it'll be altered. Yeah. Um so we'll see how that goes. But I'm sure we'll we'll revisit in a couple months when the NBA returns very excited for that
0: we will for sure thank you everyone for for listening to to us uh ramble on about the NBA we'll we'll be back with more Star Wars content soon so
1: thanks thanks y'all